Lock and load. Nobody knew who the hell he was. Or have lived in a Muslim-majority country. I know because I am one of them. How's that hokey-changey stuff working out for you? He's now our president. He's our president. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. Taking back America, one listener at a time. This is the Bella D'Angelo Show. Yes, it is. This is the Bella D'Angelo Show. I am Joe Manchine, author of The Healer, The Riddle of Creation, disabled 82nd Airborne vet, and one basic badass dude who has a pet duck. Since when did you decide that I was going to let you take over the the intro? You don't. You're not even letting me do the infamous giggle in the beginning of the show. Well, I'm sorry. I almost feel bad about that. In a way, I kind of feel terrible. Well, not really. I own a pet duck. You know, who craps all over my house, eats all my Oreo cookies, and Twelve Ribs. My ass. What movie was that from? Twelve Ribs. You got to know. Come on. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. The exact line here. I'm going to give it to you right now. I don't believe for a minute. Eating all my Oreo cookies, crapping all over the place. Twelve ribs, my ass. (laughs) I have no idea. Where's that from? Clint Eastwood. Every which way we lose. Oh! (laughs) You remember Ruth Gordon, the little old lady? Twelve ribs, my ass. Yes, yes. What a great movie. What a great American. You know, and speaking of great Americans, we got got a problem here, Bella. We really do. Um, Well, first of all, let me speak of one great American. We're going to have Mike Sharp on at 7.15 today. And uh, he's another guy who's just... Oops, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's okay. He's just another one of those guys that, you know, said he's had enough. He he wants to uh, make a difference in his community. So he's running for uh, senator in uh, CD39 as a conservative, which is typically a Democrat stronghold. But hopefully we can make some changes this time. I mean, you know, it's it's enough, enough of this craziness. Uh, we got the DOJ corrupted. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, You're jumping way ahead. Oh, I Thanks for lining up the show. But, you know, remember, we got to entertain people a little bit. So, uh, you know, I was just out in the oil field. Yeah. How'd it go out there? Thanks. Thanks for asking. Well, how'd it go? On my show. <laughs> it is your show. <laughs> Our show. Come on. Uh, so, as many of you have been listening and, you know, I'm... I'm I'm getting through. I'm getting through. Uh, I had a great conversation with the median, which I'm going to share the conversation that I had. But um, I did tell the minister that my mama, Yoga Hot Pants, was going to find a way, one way or another, to be able to get messages to me and to be appear to appear in front of me. And these butterflies are everywhere. But um, it made for the drive. So I left Friday for the oil field. I have this amazing job, this career opportunity. And I just got to tell you this funny story because Joe, I know that you know that I'm, I'm what a a buck 20 in weight and, uh, eating has been hard for me going through all of this. And so I, I brought my scale with, and as Karen Feigum said, she said, wait a minute, 
you're in a hotel room. I didn't know hotels had scales. Do you know anybody else that travels with a scale? <laughs> well, you know, now that I mention it, but uh, most of them are doing, you know, two to five in a county jail. <laughs> oh, that's a different kind of scale altogether. So I self-inflict myself by getting on the scale Saturday morning. Then I drive out to the drilling rig, Baby Blue Cyclone 35, and have a very stressed out conversation. Joe, I literally had such... Um, anxiety that I almost packed up and left this amazing opportunity just because of all this personal stuff that I'm trying to deal with. But there is a very funny side to this. So determined to turn this day around, I went back and I got the scale. I went back to Cyclone 35. I walked in the door and I threw the scale on the ground and I looked at the tool pusher and I said, do you want to know what that damn scale did to me today? He said, it's been a while since a woman slapped me. Go ahead. What did that scale do to you? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, I remember those days that I was married and uh, the ex-wife, she'd say, does this dress make me look fat? Uh, no, and I'm like, no, your butt does. And there. So I said, this scale damn near sent me hauling ass back to Stupid, almost ended a life career and imploded my entire day. And he stood back and he said, holy mother, that's one hell of a strong scale. He said, I think we need to praise it. And I said, no, what we need to do is throw it at the damn drilling rig and be on with them, get on with our day. But um, I had yeah, a but you, you, with your luck, you'd have thrown it at the rig and probably broke something and got sued. No, but um, I did get to hang out with Tree that evening. He grilled steaks that, now those boys taught me how to grill. And this steak was probably bigger than my head, and it was rare, and it was juicy, and it was delicious. And I'm just so blessed and honored and excited that uh, little yoga hot pants, as the butterfly that she flies around in her new free spirit, is enjoying my adventures, our adventures, which are only going to get bigger and more lively. And the stories, I can't wait to tell them because it's great to be back in a man's world, walking tall and proud in the oil field, because once oil's in your blood, it doesn't get out, and I'm honored to be back. And with that, we do have our guest calling in at 7.15. So what's a little bit of his background? Uh, he's a father of six. I'm praying that number's right, but I believe he's a father of six. He's a, a business owner uh, in Columbia Heights, and... Uh, He's just one of those guys that started, just like me, started getting involved, uh, saying, hey, you know, I've had enough of this. And uh, so he threw his hat in a ring, and he's running for state senator, CD39. And uh, and we're going to hear his whole entire story and what he, what he believes in, and uh, we're going to ask him a few questions and, uh, you know, find out what this guy makes his ticks, because CD39 is part of CD5, and that is the most important district right now in Minnesota. That is the one that's most in play. That's the one that we've got uh, uh, Ilhan Omar up against Cicely Davis. If you win CD5, we can flip CD5. That means we take the governor back. That means we take everything. And when I mean everything, everything. So that's what we really need to do is we need to – we, we, we got to get this. We got to – you know, and Mike Sharp, you know, excuse the pun, but the guy is sharp as hell, you know, and uh, I support him, so I thought he'd be a great guest tonight. You know, and going back to your oil fields, I only have one important question about the oil fields. What's yeah. that? 
Are there a lot of little baby pheasants running around? Because I am a pheasant hunter, and I love hunting up in that area. I know that I saw a lot of pheasants. Um, and again, the butterflies were all over the place. Really amazing. Um, I want to also pitch this before our guest comes on. Tomorrow night, I'm doing a second show. We're going to be having a second Bella D'Angelo show during the week. And Mitch Berg from 1280 The Patriot is joining us. Wow. I wish I could be there, but I promised a 16-year-old kid who's starting on a varsity football team as a junior, I said I'd go to his game. That's awesome. Yeah, considering, you know, he plays for Blaine and uh, as an outside linebacker and beat out everybody else to to make it as a a starter on the senior varsity team. You know, and that's something else. I got to go see his game. I promised I would. It's his well, opening game. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, love to hear about the game. I, uh, I'm just honored to have Mitch joining the Bella D'Angelo show because Mitch has his program on 1280 The Patriot, which I used to be on The Patriot. I really believe that it's going to continue to help grow our listenership and expand the show. We are going to be talking about apparently Timmy the Tyrant is getting a bit of blowback at the fair. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm driving around a town and you don't see too many, you know, at the beginning of the season, you didn't see too many Jensen uh, signs around the local metro area. And lo and behold, they're starting to pop up everywhere. And Cicely Davis signs are popping up. And I'm seeing a lot of conservative signs out there. And I'm going. Huh, you know, maybe, just maybe, we got a chance. And uh, Well, even my uh, liberal cousin, who she'd like to come on the program sometime and, and do some healthy debate back and forth, but I said, what do you, I, I said, I told her he was getting blowback, and, he, and she said, well, he shouldn't have held on to those executive orders as long as he did, even though he should have never done them, and they were unconstitutional as uh, the majority of the the nation did, but I said all along, Americans weren't going to forget, and they weren't going to look at him like Timmy saved us. It was more Timmy destroyed us. So that being said, I know we're waiting for our next guest. You want to set him up? Well, well, he's I'm I'm ready for him too. You know, not, he's just got to call in. And uh, uh, the t- interesting thing about the state of Minnesota while we're waiting is we've we've talked about this before, but I do believe that we're going to see some very um, shocking upsets in these elections in November, not only here in Minnesota, but across the nation, because people are tired and fed up, and we've got so many seats, campaigns, where anti-establishment business people, men and women, who have said, we're tired, we're fed up, and we want to turn this state our nation around. Well, did you see what happened in Florida with the school boards? I did not. Oh, oh here, hey, check this out. We got a guest on. All right, I'm going to hit it. And we're bringing you up. Hey, Mike, we got you on. Mike, are you there? Can you hear us? I am, yes. Hi, Joe. Hey, Mike, this, Bella, this is the Bella D'Angelo show, and uh, Bella's sitting right next to me down the right. And uh, say hi to Mike, but Bella? How are you doing this evening? Thanks for joining the program. I'm doing very well. Hi, Bella. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. We set you up in the beginning. Uh, Why don't you tell everybody here listening to the show, give us your background and what made you decide to throw your hat into the ring, and and then we'll get into the talking points about your campaign. Awesome. 
Yeah, so my name is Mike Sharp, as you guys probably already said, and uh, I'm running for state house in uh, District 39B. I live in New Brighton, and I also represent Columbia Heights in St. Anthony. And uh, I am a full-time physician assistant. I work in rural emergency departments right now. I've been doing that uh, as a contractor for about five years and now as a full-time employee for the past couple. And before that, I was working at Mayo Clinic in Rochester in the intensive care unit, taking care of transplant and uh, uh, cancer patients. And um, so I've really seen a really great, broad um, experience of hospital and acute care medicine. And, you know, this this 2020 and onward uh, situation has really uh, gotten me interested in getting involved in politics. Um, I've always kind of been interested in politics. I, I grew up in the Twin Cities. I uh, had a conservative uh, family that, you know, they were, they were the classic Reagan Republicans. And uh, as I grew older, I kind of came into my own and, and embraced a lot of conservative principles. But again, I never really got involved. And this time, um, 2020, I, I said that was that was kind of it. That was enough. I needed to try to do something to help my community because I just couldn't couldn't stand watching the direction everything was going here. You know, um, I believe you have six children. I have four and a fifth on the way. Okay, I was close. Yeah, close. You know, I, you know, I did my research. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark, Mike. Uh, you know, I've met you. Uh, you and I had, had a long conversation at a BPO unit, and, uh, you know, I, I, I get it why you threw your hat in a ring, but, and we're all, I almost said the P word, uh, we're all upset with what's going on. We're, none of us are happy about it. All right, so that being said, you're on the campaign trail. What are you hearing from out there? You know, it's been really interesting. Our district has, uh, in the recent past, been pretty heavily Democrat district. And But what I'm hearing from a lot of people who've been lifelong Democrats that are wanting to talk to me is that they're just kind of sick of the hyper-ideological, not getting anything done, trying to kind of force things down others' throats uh, kind of folks. The people that are not willing to work and get get done for the Minnesotan people what needs to get done. They're tired of that, and they're open to voting either way. They said, I've heard, I've had a couple people, especially you know older lifelong Democrats who, um, I think probably if they were to really examine things, identify a lot with the modern Republican Party, um, who just who just want to have someone that's ready to serve, ready to listen and ready to work hard. And I definitely think I can, I can offer that. I mean, that's been, that's been my life as a physician assistant. I started out in a pretty intense uh, critical care training program in Mayo uh, and moved into the intensive care unit where, you know, people are pretty darn sick. There are sometimes split second decisions need to be made that are very serious. And, um, the same in the emergency department at times. So, you know, I am, I'm able to work with all sorts of different people and I am able to uh, communicate to all sorts of different people, different education levels, um, 
it's, you know, I've worked with a broad range of people, a broad range of beliefs, and I know that I can get things done and work as a team with others. So again, um, that's, those, that's the skill set I can bring to the table. And I think that's what a lot of lifelong Democrats who are not super happy with the direction of the country are interested in, uh, getting behind and supporting. You know, I'm not surprised that you're hearing this. Um, I I don't I don't get a chance to talk to many Democrats, probably hardly any, but I do know people. And I know people because I talk to an awful lot of people. And when you look at the direction of this country, when you look at what the campaign ran on compared to you know, where we're at. It's just like I was listening to another talk radio program today as I was driving back. I drove to Jamestown, North Dakota last night from the oil field. Mike, I, I'm back working in the oil field. I uh, have a, a job selling chemicals on the production um, completion side, and it's awesome for me to be back home with my people, as I call them. But I was listening <laughs> to another talk radio program today, and a caller called in and said, we are being pushed to the brink where we're going to have some type of civil war. And the radio host said, don't give in. We're going to be vigilant and we're going to win in the end. And I believe that we're going to win in the end because of the fact they didn't just push a little far left. They pushed so far left to the point that I've said for many, you know, my, many discussions that I had out in the oil field, Democrats have kids. And Democrats' kids don't have a future. None of us have a future if the direction of this country continues down the pathway that it does. And it doesn't take somebody, you know, people that don't even pay attention to politics anymore are feel fearful and nervous and seeing the direction of this country. And that's why I'm not surprised that you're hearing what you're hearing because people are fed up with the typical BS. You know, Walsh is, is getting blowback at his own little state fair and why is he getting blowback for that the exact same reason that i said a long time ago people learned an awful lot during the quarantine during covid during the extended uh emergency powers act that was never supposed to be put in place anyways but people know and understand and we're a different society because of it absolutely yeah no it's it's interesting i i just um was looking through some some Minnesota Department of Education data, and since the fall of 2019, we've seen a 34% increase in parents homeschooling their kids. And every parent knows that going from public school to homeschool, or even private school to homeschool, that's a big commitment for a parent. That's a big step. And that's not something that um, a lot of parents take very lightly. I have family that is pulling their kids out and um, homeschooling a couple of their kids. And, and that was something they never wanted to do. They never wanted to do that. But because of how things have been done and things have come to light, again, it, it was happening, but it accelerated. The gas pedal was pushed to the floor on the ideology, on um, the hypersexual uh, stuff, you know, kids getting exposed to sexual content in, early elementary school that's just completely inappropriate parents uh, being demonized for questioning some of the content that their children are being exposed to parents who are getting involved at school board meetings being called domestic terrorists i mean 
parents are waking up. You're absolutely right. Well, and, what, what's uh, going on in Florida is, I guess, you know, almost all yeah. the school boards went conservative. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, and I think that's going to be a rolling wave. Um, I have a question for you. Um, yeah. You know, you said you worked at the Mayo Clinic. Uh, what the hell is happening at the Mayo Clinic that all these physicians are now bailing? Mm. Well, I guess what I would say is um, I loved my time at Mayo. I did not want to leave. Um, I was planning on leaving to move to the Twin Cities to be near our family uh, before COVID hit. I was actually up interviewing in the cities um, in January of 2020 before, you know, COVID went mainstream in the United States. So I did not leave related to COVID or any ideological stuff. I loved it there. I had a great job. I had great coworkers. Um, but, you know, as a conservative, uh, it it would have been hard to be there during during the COVID outbreak. So, you know, I guess I'm not sure what's going on at Mayo. I haven't been there. I've been in contact with some friends. Ha, have you heard what, I mean, have you heard about this, the phenomena that's happening there that many long-term physicians are just leaving, leaving the Mayo and leaving the field totally? Uh, have you heard no. about this? No. I, I mean, I know that this is a big problem in healthcare generally. Um, we are, we've gotten about $4 billion from the federal government since COVID started, and we have less staff than we did at the beginning. We have less bed capacity than we did at the beginning. I sit out here in these rural ERs a couple weeks ago. I had someone having, literally having a heart attack right in front of me. And I could not send the patient anywhere in the Twin Cities um, or any of the even outstate areas, Fargo, Duluth. Um, these places were all full of patients, but full is full can mean two different things. It can mean the beds are full and there's not physical space, or it can mean there's not enough nurses to take care of the number of patients that we already have. And that's what's been the case for the last to, since the first winter of COVID, that has been intermittently the case. And for the last year, that has been a nearly constant phenomenon. It has been so challenging in rural hospitals to find placement for super sick patients. And so I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not surprised to hear that there are a lot of staff leaving. Um, I don't know if that's just happening at Mayo or if, it, if it's particular to Mayo or if it's happening elsewhere. But I know a lot of nurses, a lot of uh, healthcare providers, doctors, PAs, NPs, um, they just can't take it anymore. And, and there's a number of, a number of reasons for that. Every organization has its issues, but, um, yeah, I guess I, I, I can't comment directly on what's going on at Mayo. Okay. That, that's fair enough answer. Um, so, t uh, tell us, give us a, you know, you're coming to my door, you knock on my door. Top talking points about your campaign. What are you bringing to the. Exactly. Bella. What are you bringing to the table? What, what, what are you going to do? Let's say I'm a. I'm a Democrat, and I'm, uh, I'm, you know I'm a Democrat. And you open a knock on the door, and you say, hey, um, my name is Mike Sharp. I'm here to talk to you about why I should represent you. Give me your best sales yeah. pitch. Awesome. Well, I, you know, my top three issues, like everybody, almost everybody, is the economy, education, and law enforcement. I am deeply concerned about what's going to happen with the nine to 12 billion dollars of surplus money that we have in this state and i think thank you that, 
with rising costs in every household for nearly every good, that the least that we can do at the state level is get the taxpayers the money that they paid the government back to them. If you got overcharged at the store, you'd get your money back. I, I expect the state to do the same thing. So I think that would be priority number one for me. Um, number two, education. I think a lot of parents, even left-leaning parents, are, again, concerned about the direction of the schools. What we're seeing is an increase in the num- the amount of funds that are going to public schools from our tax dollars. Everybody's property taxes, it seems, have gone up in the last couple of years. And every single year it goes up even more. And we are seeing worse and worse results. Test scores were just released again, standardized testing. Minnesota is doing worse than we were two years ago, which really doesn't has to be expected. Yep. I mean, Zoom... Zoom school is not effective. We all know this. Um, no, you so, got to have your hands on the damn book. That's right. And we need we need teachers to be able to do their jobs. And I think what's happening is we're getting a lot of top-down dictation from uh, bureaucrats in the Department of Education who are telling teachers and tying teachers' hands uh, and not letting them teach the basics. We need to get back to reading, writing, math, and science. I mean, those are the important things that every good citizen needs to be um, informed about what's going on in their country, to actively participate in their country, and to get a good job. So I got a uh, question. So how how are you going to fix that massive problem, the teachers' union in our schools? The Well, you know, the teachers' union is a big problem. And I guess what I would say is um, one thing that I really think resonates with a lot of people is that we need to free up parents even especially low to middle income parents who do not feel like financially they could make the leap to a different school whether it's a private school or a charter school we need to let parents have access to their tax funds that are assigned to their child and um, let them use that money to send their kid to a school that that fits for their kid I think Matt Burke uh, recently said one, one size fits one in education. And I think there's, there's definitely a lot of truth to that. Each parent knows what's best for their kid better than a bureaucrat in St. Paul knows. Yep. Amen. You know, so you're in favor of uh, school vouchers or, or just school transfers? I, I would be in favor of a system in which a parent can, can, uh, access a certain amount of money, whether it's through a voucher system or some other system. I think the voucher system makes some sense. Um, and the parent can access the, the money that would go with their child to the public school, take that money and bring it to private schools. Now, I, I think Arizona just passed uh, full, full school choice. And, um, you know, I think one of the, one of the misconceptions about school choice is that it's defunding public schools which is, honestly, it's entirely false. What I read, you know, I haven't read the details of the bill in Arizona, but what I read um, about the bill is that somewhere between three and $4,000 still goes to the public school for each kid that opts out, for each parent that that brings their kid to a private or a charter school. So those public schools are still getting money to keep their facilities up, um, you know, to maintain their buildings and, and do what they need to do to keep their doors open and to keep teaching kids. But I do think that uh, this kind of top-down bureaucratic model that we have um, 
creates a system in which parents are being sidelined and um, teachers unions are being able are able to dictate things um, that really they shouldn't they shouldn't have any business doing. You know, what's really interesting, Mike, is uh, that, you know, talking with you and talking to Dr. Scott Jensen and there's so many others that it's you're all involved. You all have a common denominator, the medical field. Yeah. And you're all sitting there going, hey, this isn't right. And you have science and intelligence to back it up. And that's what I find. You know, you're not just spouting off. You, 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 it's obviously that you're doing your research and you know what the heck you're talking about. And that, that's, that makes me feel great about your candidacy. Um, so, you know, we, we got, this is it. This is the battlefield. And I'm so proud right. of some people like you that have, have come out and, and uh, are willing to take that shot in the dark. Well, I, I appreciate that, Joe. I mean, I, I'm inspired by the Jensen Burke campaign. I, I don't know if you're at the state convention. I was at the state convention. And- I was the whip. Oh, awesome. So <laughs> at, you saw, you know, that that great um, that great video the Jensen Burke campaign put out about putting your hat, throwing your hat in the ring, getting in the ring and trying to do the work. And, and you know, they're quoting – Teddy, they put the Teddy Roosevelt quote in there about the critic doesn't really count for anything. And, you know, I realized in 2020 that I'd been more of a critic than, you know, someone in the ring. And when the opportunity came, when, when our BPOU called and said, Hey, we need a candidate for state house. I talked to my wife. She said, let's do it. And, um, when she said she was on board, I said, all right, we're going to do this. It's going to be a big, we're going to learn a lot. Um, but I do think, like you said, I, I do bring something to the table. I can read, I can read medical literature and I can interpret it. All right. And, um, you know, I, I think I could definitely contribute to the conversation about what to do with our healthcare system. You know, we've been on the brink here. And as, as you guys may know, the nursing union in the twin cities and in Duluth voted, um, to strike, now, as far as I know, they have not given the 10-day notice to actually do the strike, but things have been so poorly managed, both rural and urban and everywhere in between, that our, our healthcare system, after $4 billion of funding, is on the brink of falling apart. And um, so, I mean, we've, we just need, we need good leaders. We need leaders who are willing to say no to things that shouldn't happen. We need leaders who are willing to do the work, uh, to learn the, the content of the issues, to listen to the constituents and to do what needs to be done for our state. Cause we're in, we're in a tight spot. We're in trouble. I mean, we've got a lot of things going the wrong direction. Crime's getting worse. Our education system is in trouble. Our test scores are getting worse. The funding, um, the funding of public schools only goes up and our test scores go down. So again, you know, I, I think we've got a lot of things to do in this next two years. Absolutely. Uh, if we, it, when people want to find you, donate you, and be part of your get behind your campaign, where where do people find you? Absolutely. So my website is sharpforhouse.com. That's s h a r p f o r house.com. So you can find me there. Uh, there's definitely a donate button. There's also a, a get involved link where you can send me a message uh, if you want to volunteer, if you want to help knock on doors, drop literature. 
um, write letters to the editor. I mean, we can use as much support as we can just getting the word out about our campaign. I think people want a new option for this district. And uh, that's I have a sign in my front yard. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So, and, you know, we've got Facebook and Twitter. So uh, you can facebook.com slash sharp for house. My Twitter handle is sharp for house 22. So you can check us out there. I'm posting there regularly. And I would love to take any comments, questions that people have. I know your listeners are pretty engaged so i'd love to hear back from uh from the belly d'angelo listeners absolutely well you know that's uh, that's fantastic you know mike once again you have my highest respect for throwing your hat in your ring and you know you're you've got four you said you got four kids and one on the way yeah you know, and uh, that's a lot of pressure on your family and people don't realize the sacrifices that uh you know great patriots like you are are making and i i just i can't say thank you enough um one last quest uh quick question are you at the state fair and where can they find you uh i am not at the state fair this year i am using every day that i'm not working uh to knock on doors so this weekend in columbia heights you'll see my team out we'll be we'll be out dropping literature meeting voters and uh yeah so we're we're getting out trying to meet the people exactly where they are awesome Thank you so much for coming on the program. And when we get the link set up sometime tomorrow, I will send it over to you. So hopefully you will promote the heck out of you being a guest on the Bella D'Angelo show. Thanks so much for tonight. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Good night. Wow. You know, you often have to go back in time and you have to think about what the original founding fathers and you think, you know, what were they thinking? What 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 made them so mad that they were willing to throw it all on the line like Nathan Hale? You know, the guy sits there and he's about to be hung. And he says, "Hey, my only regret is I only have one life, but one life to give for my country." And you you, you got to sit there and you picture what was in the mind of each one of those first guys. What pushed them the edge? And here we got guys like Mike Sharp, Cicely Davis, May Lore, and the list goes on and Tom on. Tom DePell. Tom DePell. And what was their moment? You know, that's what fascinates me is what is these guys' one moment where they said, I'm not going to do this anymore? I don't even think that it's uh, one anymore. When you look at what has happened to this country. Um, you try and listen to the White House press secretary. You try- <laughs> what? <laughs> right. That, that's, that's what I'm saying, Joe. You try. You try and listen. And, you know, we've learned so much over this short period of time that this administration has been in place. You know, I, let's, let's look at it. Let's go from, let's go to local and then national level. So first of all, let's dial back to the local scene. Minnesota has always been perceived as very batshit crazy liberal, for the most part. But we're not. Well, what what happened? We had Donald J. Trump. We had the emergency orders that went on and on and on and on. We now know so many truths about COVID and the vaccine and what should have happened. So as these... Um, politicians who have not learned anything from what we have learned and they have not changed their 
style, they are still spewing the same rhetoric of they're going to save and turn, but they're not specific. And that's why I think Waltz is faltering so much right now. The comment from Rich Berg, uh, Mitch, excuse me, Mitch Berg this afternoon was that Waltz is literally stuttering and is not able to have the comebacks or the confidence. Why the hell would he? We know the game and the bluff and the bullshit that they inflicted on us. Every single one of us was impacted by COVID in one way or another, whether you lost a loved one, whether you watched as a loved one suffered from isolation, whether it was a job, a sacrifice, the jab, whatever the hell you went through, everybody was touched by it. And we all know now that it was unnecessarily handed to us for manipulation, control, and transfer of wealth management. Then you have the fact that what the hell is Waltz really going to run on? Well, you know, he's sitting there saying, I was a teacher. I did the right thing. I, I... But we know he didn't do the right thing. We don't no, give a shit that no, he was a teacher. He, you know, Ed, and he says he was in the National Guard for 27 the, the years. The same and... people that he called 19-year-old burger flippers. Yep. I mean, he's just an oxymoron ass wagon. Yes, I can say that. <laughs> That is my newest. Uh, you, you know what? I think I'm going to get a bumper sticker made for that oxymoron ass wagon. That is poetically beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> Just freaking beautiful. You can't make that one up. An oxymoron ass wagon. You know that there, there, we we should sell T-shirts that say "Walls is an." Oxymoron Oxymoron Everybody, one, two, three now. Oxymoron ass wagon. You know, and, and, and. Well, let's, okay, so we go local and we understand why Minnesota is getting tired and fed up. I mean, we. (laughs) The reality was, was he jumped on the national bandwagon of uh, the idiot in California, Whitmer in Michigan, you know, these ones that they all had the same playbook. Oh, let's do this because they did that. And you know what? It didn't work out anywhere. And, you know, so now you got Michigan, Gavin Newsom, thinking that he's going to be the next occupant of the White House. The guy couldn't occupy an outhouse. Literally, the country's looking at this guy as the most pathetic moron. He's got a massive water shortage in California right now, where literally his farmers are sucking the wells so dry that one area has sank 28 feet. Not, not, not the aquifer, the ground. Do you remember the 16 election? Of course you do. You remember all of the, the you know, from Marco Rubio to Jeb to uh, Cruz. All of these were far and granted, they're all conservative Republican establishment. Are they, are they really? I said establishment. <laughs> okay. Let me finish this. What I'm saying is, I'm not naming, uh, I mean, what I'm saying is take the candidate pool of 16 compared to the Democrat campaign lineup. They're running out of options and answers, and they're going to be running on the track record currently which has 
you have to really not understand or not understand this country to not see the massive damage that has happened to this country. So my question to you, Joe, is who in the world can carry the torch to even try to bring a victory? Take take the cheating out because I believe that we are building such a massive red tidal wave that will possibly, well, will outvote the cheat, the steal. But who do you think that they would even have if they saw a victory in 2024? Because <laughs> I don't think that they see a victory for themselves in 2024. I honestly, I hate to say it. I really do. I, it's uh, Spit it out before I choke it out. You're going to choke it out of me anyway. I think it's going to be the Hildebeest. But Hildebeest can't win. You know that. I know that. The country knows that. Someone want to call Hildebeest? <laughs> but someone needs to call the Hildebeest. And, you know, there's a reason why she's doing her own television show, absolutely failing at that. Did you know that Kim Kardashian actually answered questions faster and quicker on her own television show? Kim Kardashian. This is the woman that made a porn movie to launch her career going... Baby, you know, what are you talking about? Her, oh, Kardashian did a porn. You didn't know that? I don't pay attention to Kardashian. Yeah, Kim Kardashian. He, she took a, a page from Paris Hilton, and that's how she launched her career by doing a porno movie with uh, P. Did no, no, who, who's her ex? Oh, you're you're talking about. Uh, See, I don't know anything about Holly um, Weirds. What, what the hell is her ex name? I can't remember. Uh, why did my brain just fry? Because I don't pay attention to them. But anyways, anyways, so we're wrapping up. We got another less than 10 minutes, and I feel like we're starting to fail. So what are you doing with texting? I'm not, I'm not texting. I'm looking up to see who's Kim's card is. Kanye West. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, no, it wasn't with him. It was like 20 boyfriends before that. <laughs> but... The point I'm trying to make is is that Hillary is doing some goofy television show with Chelsea, and they invited them on, and they had this buzzer where they would get asked a question and it had to do with the country or whatever, and Kim smoked her. Not shocked. You know, and of course, Hillary blamed it on, well, she's getting older. Well, then if you're getting older and your re reflexes wait a minute, don't we have some geriatric dude in the White House right now that's, you know, come on. It, I just don't get it. Um, I think a lot of people get it. I think this country is getting it. I think that when you hear that common sense Democrats in the state of Minnesota are tired and fed up, this is a common frustration throughout this country. We all know that magically gas prices are coming down as we're heading towards November. We it all isn't that a good one. Ooh, whoa. But all of a sudden diesel went back up. Did you notice that? I did notice that. But this country was fed a bunch of bullshit from the beginning about the great moderate 
and the bringing together and the stimulating and reviving the economy and the country. And, and we all know because we don't even see hiring or bonuses, hiring bonuses. All these manufacturing floors around Minneapolis and St. Paul used to have all these hiring signs and, and hiring bonuses. And there used to be optimism and, you know, looking forward to this, the direction that the country and the economy is going. That doesn't exist. And when you try and turn on the TV, and if you are looking for any confidence in Biden or any of the rest of them, it's not there. And I, I think that they are really panicking because they don't have an answer for 2024. And I think here in the state of Minnesota, we're going to see some very surprising, shocking upsets that will be able to start to transition this state to turn around. Well, I don't think they have any confidence in 2022. No. And that's the biggest issue. I mean, when you got guys like Mike Sharp, Mike Sharp is not throwing his, his name in the ring. May Lore is not throwing her name in the ring. Cicely Davis is not throwing her name in a ring. Jim Schultz is not throwing his name in a ring. Kim Crockett is not throwing his name in a ring. And then take Scott. What do you mean May Lore's not throwing her hat in the ring? None of these people are throwing her name in a ring unless they truly believe okay. that they can win and make a damn go, difference. What are you talking about? None of them. Not Matt Burke. Do you think Matt Burke... This guy who's a Super Bowl champion, who's got enough money to do whatever he's want. He's got 27 kids. You know, that's a slight exaggeration. But what I'm saying is the guy has enough on his hands to do whatever he wants. Well, because they've all been sitting around the kitchen table. They've all been sitting around the dining room table, and they're hearing the same thing that Sharp is hearing on his campaign. And whether it's a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent, we are tired. We are fed up. We don't want the perversion. We don't want the indoctrination. These were things. Let me, let me just back up a little bit indoctrination and perversion in schools. How, how, do you remember how many years you heard about the indoctrination of our schools? And now it's flat out in print in the schools. So even if you didn't believe it or you didn't. And it's mainstream. So same as the agenda of this, of this administration, you know, we could be drilling, we could be energy independent, we could have a strong economy, we could have so many things, but we're being called now fascist as Hunter Biden runs up and trollops up Air Force One after they just raided Mar-a-Lago. Oh, yeah. Let's let's uh, talk about that a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, you got 20 whistleblowers from the Department of Justice coming out saying there is political bias. They just walked one guy out because he was the one who buried the Hunter Biden laptop, literally buried it. OK, so he buries his damn story, which would have if it would have been released, Trump would be president right now. 16% of the people said that if they would have known the truth about the Hunter Biden laptop, they would not have voted for Biden. So here you have that. Now, all of a sudden, the Department of Justice just literally issued a memo saying you cannot be involved in political bias in your investigations. Wait a minute. Now you're coming out and saying something? Now, because you know the Republicans are going to come take over, and now you know there's going to be investigations right up your living freaking liberal ass, and now you're pissed off? Excuse me, but screw you, Mernick, because you still, Merrick, 
because you still haven't coming out with a legitimate justification to raid a former president's private house without any justification on unprecedented, never done before, and saying, well, the investigation's continuing. Screw you, Merrick Garland. Screw the Department of Justice. I have no faith in any of you, and I'm just one citizen, and if I don't have any faith in you, then I imagine about 80 million freaking voting Americans don't have any. Sorry, I just got on a rant, but I just saw the score to the Twins game. We're losing five to nothing. I'm kind of upset about that. But that's another goddamn thing. Don't get into the Twins on this program. I don't care about baseball. I'm sorry. I know, but I do. But, you know. By the way, I was asked the other night if you really did take me to Olive Garden, which you did. Yeah, and I really made you pay. That was the next question. <laughs> God bless America. Well, I know if you really did make me pay, which I did, but um, we're going to wrap out of this because uh, we're up at the top of the hour. You know, all of your sentiments, Joe, about being this pissed up, fed up, tired, done, that's what this country is. And that's why uh, the midterms are going to be very exciting to watch as we hand them their asses on are voting and to upset many apple carts, including I do believe that Jensen and Burke will be governor and lieutenant governor. Oh, yeah. one I, I believe it also as well. You know, there's momentum. The only issue, here, here's what Walls is running on. Walls is running on the abortion issue. You know what? Abortion doesn't put food on your table. Does nope. not put gas in your tank. Does not pay the exorbitant heating and gas bill that's coming to you this winter. That is a moral issue. And like when we interviewed uh, Dr. Scott Jensen, he said, listen, I got, I didn't get misquoted. I said something I shouldn't have. I'm retracting it. What I'm really worried more about is that the issues that he just talked, crime, food, education, education, gas, Law if, enforcement, if which you, is what all of us here in the state and nationally care about. Exactly. Can Walls come out here and say, well, hey, look at my record on law enforcement. Uh, excuse me, uh, crime up in our little area is up 33%. Education. What did he say? 36% of uh, uptick in people yanking their kids out of school. <laughs> Well, the education scores are declining, yes. Okay, and uh, what, what, what would you say about the other one? The economy? Um, I usually make, driving local truck around this time of the year, I usually make about 800 and I'm busy from can't see to can see, or can see to can see. How does that work out? Can't, yeah, I'm busy from 6.45, 6 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock at night. Today, I was done at 2. Think about that, folks. And you don't want to come to the oil field with me? You know, I just have this extreme allergy to extreme cold. And I've been up in Williston. Oh, oh, boy. I, I was born in Florida. Come on, give me a break, Bella. I'm Literally, I have my blood thinner than a bottle of wine. Yeah, You know, you know so- what my saying always was back. So I worked in the oil field from 2010 to 2015. And... Um, I'm going to make the segue unless you got a final comment. No, go with the segue. Go with the segue. Oh, by the way, did you know they don't make segues anymore? And the guy that invented them drove one of them off a cliff. And that's an absolute true story. That's true. 
so bad. Anyways, when I got this job offer, um, my mom told me that it was God repaying me for the sacrifices that I made. I never felt that I made a sacrifice for my mom. Um, I did lose my best friend, but today in a conversation with a median, the median said that my mom felt that she had grounded me, that she was stopping me from going on with my life and having all these wonderful opportunities. She also said that my mom enjoys these long rides, which and that she sits right next to me. Her little fleece jacket is wrapped around the passenger seat in the pickup truck. And I have had many long drives, lots of drives back and forth to North Dakota. Do you know it's like 1,300 miles round trip to Williston and back? Unfortunately, I do. do. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, it was important for me to connect with the median because um, I told the minister that my mom would find a way to talk to me and to be seen. And even though I didn't know how that was going to happen, and I hadn't even been introduced to this median, it gave me a gift. Because the one thing mom and I always did was talk. And we could talk about the most random, silly things, which is also what the median said today. And it just really gave me a lot of peace because um, I know that I can, I know that she's with me in spirit. But I also know that many things that that median said today, she couldn't have researched and she couldn't have found unless she actually was listening. And I do believe that as strong as my mom's faith is, her spirit is that strong. And she never wants to lose connection with me because the thing that I said to her in passing was, I am in your heart, your soul, your skin, as you as are with me. And even though you're not going to be here earthly, you'll never leave my side and I'll never leave yours. And just as this country, this country's heart and soul needs to have belief that the American spirit and the American dream is still alive, well, and attainable. Oh, 100%. You know, it, once again, we you know, when we first met, we, we always go back to see, everybody thinks that this is our darkest hour. And then I say, you know, that is such crap. This is not even close. You know, everybody's like, oh, oh, my God. And interest rates went up to 5.5%. I bought my first house uh, in 1995. And I think I was lucky enough to get 9.9. And we were happy to get 9.9. You know, think about that. 1995, and I got 9.9. And then we were labeled uh, when I was married. I was able to refinance it, and I was able to drop it down to like uh, 7.3 or something silly like that. And we were really giggling about that. You know, so we're not in our darkest hour. We're at our finest hour. They say it gets darkest before the light comes out, and... I'm going to wrap us out of here because uh, I got to get on my way. One of the the gifts, I've been able to get in touch with a lot of family, and I I just shared the message with the group, and uh, I got a message back that said that what was, okay, I'm going to read this to you real quick, and then we'll say goodnight, Lucy, and turn off the lights. Amazing call with the median about Hottie. She said she had breathing and heart problems, that I made her finally feel loved because her family didn't. She loves the long... Now, I'm going to define this because I, I know that family does listen. I, I can say that I think at moments my mom felt 
I don't know. I, I don't I don't want the family to feel bad. I just know that there were some things that she probably felt and maybe it was even she's talking about my my dad, but she loves the long truck rides and loves being in North Dakota with you on her new adventure. That she's with me on the right of me. Her fleece jacket is on the passenger chair. Hottie sent her a picture of a black puppy. On my Facebook page, Joe, I posted this picture of a little black puppy. Even though I don't have one, I liked the verse which said, God sent angels without wings. I believe my mom is an angel without wings. And she said, that's just crazy. I told the minister my mom would find a way to talk to me and be seen. Those butterflies are my mom. Hottie is the best mama. Love her. Rick Fox says spooky. I said, my mama's superhuman ninja warrior. What did you expect? Just like her daughter. That's uh, that's very nice. So, um, in closing, Mitch Berg tomorrow night on the Bella D'Angelo show here in studio. We're going to talk about uh, dunk. Hopefully, somebody dunked Timmy in the dunk tank, and we get to dump him in November. And then we will talk about other issues nationally. But welcome, Mitch Berg, to the Bella D'Angelo show. Can't wait, Joe. Thanks for a great night. And with that, I'm going to say good night. God bless. God bless America. And ciao for now.